0: When I was in seminary, I was introduced to a guy named Shane Claiborne. Uh, Shane is a leader in what some have called the the new monastic movement. He tends to wear uh, very simple clothing, and kind of if if you look at old pictures of him, he had had a kind of Rasta look for a little while, but he was very much a, a follower of Jesus. And I'd love to tell you more about him, but all of you know how Google works. So you just go on Shane Claiborne. Uh, really cool guy. So Shane was invited to speak at a large ministry gathering, conference, uh, with these big-name bands and, and big-name speakers in the Christian world. And when it was Shane's turn to speak, he opened up his Bible to Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, and, uh, and he read the Sermon on the Mount, and he took his seat. And when asked about it, he said it was the greatest sermon he's ever preached. Now, I promise I'm not going to do that today, but I could, you know, the Beatitudes are, are there at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and it, by the way, the Sermon on the Mount only takes about 18 minutes to read out loud. So about a sermon's length, uh, maybe, depending on who's preaching, um, but I've, I've actually rewritten the Beatitudes, um, what, what we heard during the gospel reading, in, in my own words. Do y'all want to hear them? All right, good. Because you were going to anyway. So. <laughs> Blessed are those who have come to realize their own true powerlessness in this life and the unending depth of need that marks the life apart from Jesus. For now they receive in part, but will one day be fully satisfied in the arms of God. Blessed are those whose tears tell the stories of great pain and trauma, of abandonment and abuse, of death and depression, of shame and self-harm. For a time approaches in which these things will finally and forever be acknowledged and addressed and healed and made whole. Blessed are those who gently and humbly and patiently bear the sorrows and slings and arrows of an unkind and unjust world, for a time approaches in which the world will turn upside down and will then be theirs to guide into beauty. Blessed are those who crave with an insatiable appetite the justice of God and a people who abide by His law of life. For a time approaches in which His justice and a willing people will spill over like food from a banqueting table. Blessed are those who lead in generosity and forgiveness and compassion. Those who give without grumble or complaint or strings attached to the needs of others. Those who strive for and choose forgiveness over bitterness. Forgiveness over rage and anger. Forgiveness over all else, those who lead with compassion over suspicion, compassion over cynicism, for a time approaches in which the one from whom all good things stem will give to them generosity and forgiveness and compassion directly and gladly, fully and forever. Blessed are those whose shadow side and self is fading away. Some also call this the false self. In other words, the person that we tend to play before others, but not the person that we are, the person that God created us to be. Blessed are those whose shadow side and self is fading away for a time approaches in which the shadows will linger no more and all will stand in the light of God as the people they were created to be. Blessed are those who by their words and actions are battling for the great shalom of God, that great peace that is to permeate all of creation, for a time approaches in which they will experience the full inheritance of the Father's peace. Blessed are those who are ridiculed and reviled, who were beaten and killed, because, who because of their pursuit of Jesus face brutality and evil and heartache during their lives. For now, they were Are rewarded in part but will one day find that they have not battled in vain they will receive the greatest of rewards so you know what these beatitudes do they interrupt they interrupt my pursuit of power and control and the thought that I'm actually able to control what happens to me in my life And they say, no, that that power and control belongs to a God who is infinitely better in what He wants for my life. He is infinitely more capable and resourceful. So stop it. Be still. They interrupt those feelings that often suffocate and blind, those feelings of isolation and despair and depression. And they say, no, you're not alone and your tears mean something to God. He sees and he counts every one. And what was that final line that we heard from Revelation this morning? He will wipe away every tear. They interrupt the times in which I speak and move with harshness in this world, especially around the people that I love. And they say, no, God is gentle, and so are you called to be gentle and kind, and compassionate, and patient. They interrupt the rage and anger I feel when someone has wronged me, or when I see injustice at the hands of evil people, and they say, no, be still. Justice is coming at the hands of a just God. They interrupt my bitterness that that Often dark abyss of unforgiveness and disgust, especially toward those that I have refused to try to understand and to love and to forgive. And the beatitudes say, no, God's forgiveness for you was not withheld. Don't withhold it, even from your greatest enemy." They, inter- they interrupt the shadowy places, the false self, the dark, secretive spaces. And they say, no, you cannot hide this from God. Bring it out into the light. Be healed. They interrupt the anxieties and fears and the burdensome concerns of this life, the, the small things and the big things. And they say, no, you're, you are a child of the Prince of Peace, the one who, whose love drives out all anxiety and fear. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your thoughts and your heart fixed on him. Pursue him. And finally, on a deep, deeply personal note, they interrupt those painful words spoken to me by a relative that I dearly loved who ridiculed me for my faith and called my earnest love for God into question. They reach into that memory and they say, know that, that your heart is known by God, not by her. You are His child, the one He created and formed and loves. The Beatitudes interrupt. Who needs an interruption? I think we all do, right? Thomas Akempis Kempis wrote, let, let temporal things serve your use, but the eternal be the object of your desire. The Beatitudes are an eternal interruption in this temporal world. They remind us that God locates Himself with the hurting. He locates Himself with the lonely and the abused. He is with those who have been made fun of. He's with those who have been pushed around and pushed aside. He's with those who have been disregarded, those who have been told, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not handsome enough or smart enough or capable enough or healthy enough. And He says, no, eternity will tell a different story. Listen to me. Father Gregory Boyle, who leads a ministry that helps gang members leave that lifestyle, he's he's this man who has seen the darkest impulses of human beings, says of the Beatitudes that they are not a spirituality but a geography. They don't tell us what to believe as much as they tell us where to plant our feet and stand. It isn't a theology for us to just bat around and talk about or write about in books or argue about or present a TED Talk about, but they tell us where God is centering His attention, where He is working to redeem and refine and restore His people and to go there. They tell us which way the blessings are flowing. Toward the poor in spirit, toward those who mourn, toward the meek, toward those who hunger and thirst for righteousness towards the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted. And Jesus says, be there, you salt of the earth. Be there, you light of the world. The Beatitudes tell us this story of two ways, these two paths which cannot cross. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that with every Beatitude, that the gulf is widened between the disciples and the people. And their call to come forth from the people becomes increasingly manifest, he says. In other words, the Beatitudes call us out from the masses, out from these typical rhythms of the world that is apart from God, and they bid us to move towards wholeness, towards integration, towards eternity, And you see, we can't move toward wholeness, towards integrity, while simultaneously moving in areas of our lives towards division and disintegration. It doesn't work. So you you cannot be a peacemaker and harbor hatred towards your neighbor. You cannot be pure in heart and routinely giving way to those secretive, shadowy places. You cannot be merciful and yet neglect the hungry and poor and the marginalized, the needs of the other. In fact, we should say you cannot be merciful in placing the needs of others on a scale of merit as if some are more worthy of your fake mercy than others. You cannot hunger and thirst for righteousness and also be willing to compromise. Yes, even in the small unnoticed things. You cannot be meek and yet contemptuous or finding and dwelling on offense everywhere you go. You cannot mourn and yet disregard or diminish or deny the pain of your neighbor, however much you may not understand it. You cannot be poor in spirit and also convinced that you are in control of your own life. And these aren't rules. If they were rules, you would have heard me say you should not but these are truths that are at the core of our reality and existence. They are truth. You cannot move towards wholeness while also moving towards disintegration. And I know that none of us do this perfectly, but we can't. We can't even begin to try unless God's Spirit helps us. But I, I also know at least speaking for myself, that I desire and long for a God who sees and knows and names these places of this broken life and this broken world in which I live, and who instead of standing at a distance and crossing His arms and shaking His head, He did the unthinkable. And He wrapped Himself up in our imperfect flesh, and He entered into our broken world, and He interrupted the darkness as the ultimate beatitude. And He fulfilled what we could not, every single one of these things. And then He says to us, follow me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.